The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton. Today we talk with Eric Kruger of Smart Yield, Kearney, Nebraska. And Eric, today is one for the record books when it comes to volatility in these grain markets. But there's goods, there's bads, there's some uglies in it as well. So let's start off here with China tariffs and soybeans. What do you think of it? It, of course, the reaction overnight, anytime you get um, really probably some of the most negative news we've seen in a long time, came overnight. Next thing you know, we're down 40 on beans and, and corn's down 10 plus to 15. And we're you know coming into the morning session wondering how we're going to react. And I think what we really did is, is kind of chewed through it a little bit as a, as a market and realized that you know, these, these, are, you know, these tariffs are, that we're looking at aren't imposed yet. Um, we've really got two months for uh, the U.S. and China to sort this out. Um, and we'll see if they do or not, but it really gives us two months for China to continue to buy our beans, and we saw that. Uh, we saw beans come back 20 cents off their lows, corn a dime off their lows. So, um, and wheat actually, you know, in Kansas City finished up a little bit. So it, it was, it's negative news. Um, it's, it's something that we're going to have to continue to deal with over the next few months until hopefully we find a solution. Um, but, you know, on the positive side, at least we did see the market rebound a little bit. And definitely getting to see a good rebound there is kind of giving some confidence back to people who were pretty long in the face this morning after seeing that initial news. Overall volatility, is this good for the grain markets or is this hindering them? You know, I think volatility, you know, on the good side of it, sells opportunity. So it gets it's volatility up here. You know, we saw 1060 on beans, on new crop beans here a little while, you know, this week, and we've been below 10 on the overnight. So what, what it does is give guys um, in a pretty, you know, profitable area an opportunity um, to make some good decisions. Um, this volatility, it's, it's never fun to see beans close down over 20 or, you know, like we said, down 40 at one point or, or corn down more than 10, you know, closing down 7. But the markets are still in an area where guys um, with this volatility and these swings up and down, um, we, it, the volatility is not going anywhere, especially uh, over the next few months until we really know what's going to happen with these tariffs. So given the opportunity um, at, at the price levels that uh, producers feel um, might be good for them, they need to be able to take advantage of that. And back to the soybeans and really the, the big topic of trade today, it made national news headlines and more. But overall, can China really actually come out against U.S. soybeans? China's going to need our, the world's going to need our beans. You know, China's going to, is expected to import 97 million tons of beans. And they can't get all of that uh, from the, from Brazil and Argentina. So um, whether they continue to go through Brazil and our beans flow south to Brazil, then to China, one way or another, they're going to need our beans. And I think you're going to continue to see them buy our beans over the next two months uh, ahead of the imposed tariffs. And then overall, they're expecting 25% tariffs if it's directly imported from the U.S. Could we even see some exporters start uh, finding a loophole around there, possibly sending them to South America first, then into mainland China? Yeah, I think so. And I think what you, what you could see is you might see, uh, you know, maybe South America over-export their numbers that they were expecting and then just buy cheaper U.S. beans in replacement. So I think there are ways around that. That's yet, you know, we'll see here in the next few months how that all shakes out, and and who knows if if we if we don't end up getting to that, you know, getting to the end date and having these tariffs actually set, um, this all just might be, you know, a talking point for us for a few months. 
And now let's focus on one that did close within the positive, one that closed in the green on what some might say a really tough trade day, that Kansas City wheat market. Still trading in the weather, but overall, are we about to get a big bull up under this market? Um, I think we're going to have to just continue to see what the weather does. The problem is, is as we move this market up, we continue to price ourselves out of the world market. So we continue to push our wheat up. It's kind of a catch-22. The higher price our wheat goes, uh, the worse or the lower chance we have of really being able to move it on a world market. So um, I'm still, I, I still think there's upside here. There's a, a continued weather story, of course, um, but I, I think you, you just got to, we got to be ready to, to take advantage of, of that up move. Now, Eric, we've had some analysts say that this is kind of resembling the 1996 market when we actually had a deficit crop. If that were to happen and start to really eat in on some of these current U.S. wheat stocks, does that help prices back into the global market? Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. And, yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing is um, we're just going to have to uh, have to figure out where our yields are actually going to come in, and we're already starting to see um, you know, we're starting to see ingesters taking losses when you get down in Oklahoma and Texas, and and we're going to see if it stays dry north of here in, in, in the Dakotas. So it, it just depends what we come up with for a wheat number, and then uh, what the market does from there. Let's continue on this weather conversation right now. Folks looking at the eastern portion of the U.S., not a lot of guys in the Mississippi Delta up to that Ohio River Valley turning many planning wheels yet. are we? When do we need to start becoming concerned there about the word preventative planning on that portion of this corn crop? You know, I think we've still got some time, of course. Now, the weather doesn't look that great. Um, it looks like we're going to stay at least through mid-April much cooler um, and a little wetter in some areas than, than we want it to be, but it's, it's it's tough to say, you know, I'll, I'll step back and with the advances that we see in modern farming, we can put a lot of grain in the ground in a very short amount of time. So, it's you know, it's the first week of April, we get to the third, fourth week of April, and we're still that far behind in areas of the country that should be um, much further ahead. And then, then we really do have a, a planning story on our hands, but I, I, I just try and step back a little bit and think about last year and some of the problems we had there, and we still raised we still raised a really good crop. That's Eric Kruger, Smart Yield, Kearney, Nebraska, who we're talking with today on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Again, a big day overall in the markets with China coming out, proposing that they may take action against U.S. soybeans with a 25% tariff. Again, though, the big news there is that they have upwards of two months before they may actually impose those tariffs. So we'll continue to watch what happens, and thankfully soybeans able to rebound some of that. And again, volatility to something we haven't seen in a while. Coming up next on the Fontenelle Final Bell, cattle and hogs big triple digit gains once again as well as what producers can do to take advantage and manage this risk properly going forward with these volatile markets keep listening to the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton. Joining us to talk the trade, Eric Kruger, Smart Yield, Kearney, Nebraska. In our last segment, really talking about the big moves today in grains. Maybe not the direction a lot of producers want to see, but definitely bringing in some volatility. And Eric, as we said going into break, we'd come back and talk about risk management in these type of settings. We haven't seen volatility like this in the grain market for several years. Now that the sleeping giant is awake, what is the best way to manage your risk in times like these? Well, first, I think you need, as a producer, you need to identify your risk. We need to, uh, each operation is different, but you really need to come in and have a really good idea, um, whether whether you're along the field or you're along the bend, or if, 
if, if you're taking advantage of some of the up moves here and you're looking for some additional upside on a break, I think, I think guys just need to be ready to take advantage of these moves because they're going to happen. And sometimes, like we've seen today, they're going to be quick and they're going to be swift. And if you haven't done anything about it, we might not have a chance. So, you know, I think the big thing is guys just really need to have a plan in place. We're getting to a time of year where over the next few weeks guys are going to be so busy and it's not going to slow down until, uh, until it's in the bin or it's, it's with the end user. So um, we just encourage guys to, to be able to sit down, find some numbers that work for them, uh, work with a, a good marketing company and, and find areas that hopefully with this volatility and some of the optimism in the market, we can uh, get some prices in place. And following today's high volatility, especially these big moves in the soybeans, are we approaching any technical indicators that we should be watching for areas of support or areas of uh, resistance here on on all three grains? Yeah, I think I, th- I think I'll start with wheat. You know, wheat Kansas City finished up. There's a chart gap there on wheat on July Kansas City wheat up in that five fifteen and three quarters area. I think so. You know, we came close to filling that, got up to five twelve. That did not happen, but I think there's a, there's there's a good weather story there, and, and if that gets filled, then I think. Um, you know, that is sufficient charge like the fill gaps. And I think it could be, uh, able to see a set back there if, if that happens. I think on, you know, on beans, we've really held, um, when you start looking at closes and we've really held in this, a uh, low 10 to 1050 area, got as high as 1060, like I said earlier in the week. But, uh, it seems like, um, breaks or buying opportunities right now in these markets. Um, if not, uh, opportunities up or are hedging opportunities or floor opportunities. So, um, you know, you take a look at the core market and big picture. Uh, with the acre number we had come out at the end of March, um, if we raise anything below a trend line yield, our stocks to use gets tight, the world numbers get tight, and I think what we're going to see is um, a little bit of a weather market built in, a little bit of weather premium built into these grain markets over the next few months, and if that does, it's going to give us an opportunity um, to put some good sales in place, and guys need to be ready for that. And then on the flip side, another bright spot on today was the cattle and hogs numbers. Of course, after that quarterly hogs report, the, the hogs kind of got the boot put to them, and then cattle have been in a weaker, bearish position here those past several weeks. We finally saw some triple-digit gains made in the overall meat complex. What's your take on that? You know, if, if you look at June live cattle, for example, we closed uh, over, uh, you know, over five and a half dollars uh, above the low of the day. So June went down and, and filled a gap from uh, early last year and has since closed up. Um, when you see this type of a big, strong down move that we've seen in cattle and in hogs, usually your corrections are sharp and, and they're fast and they're, they're vicious. So if you get a correction, usually it's going to be quick and you don't you really don't realize it because it happens on days like today where we go down and then we close way up and it's you might not look at the screen and go we closed up close to the limit three bucks but it was really a five dollar move off the low so um it's nice to see that hopefully um we can we might be seeing more of a short-term low or a low put in um right now in this market off this huge sell-off uh we'll know more tomorrow and, and going forward this week but if, if that could happen that w- that would be um really good for producers now, hogs get the reprieve today, but really they've also been a big headline here for the Chinese tariffs as China is a large importer of pork. Uh, as soon as maybe the heat kind of cools down with soybeans, especially where there's a possibility these tariffs may not even be a factor, will that shift the pressure back to hogs? 
Um, I think a little bit, but I think a lot of that's been built into the market on the Sprig. So um, the, the futures does a really good job of, of pricing in uh, where they feel the market should be, and I think we're seeing that. Um, we've seen that on hogs here, and, and I'm not saying the lows in, but I think we've, we've seen some reprieve off of that, and hopefully we don't continue to break that. There's, there, there, there is a lot of negativity there, and we'll continue to be um, with large supplies, and as we said, um, with those, those tariffs into China. Um, on the cattle side, uh, we'll see. We've see. We still have a huge cash premium to this June market, and with April uh, getting to the end of the ropes here at the end of the month, um, uh, we're either going to have to see uh, cash come down, which many think it will continue to slide, but it's still a pretty big premium uh, to that June board. So hopefully a little reprieve there um, will uh, give us a little better opportunity. And then, Eric, one final quick question. We've talked about a lot of risk management here. If producers want to talk to you, they want to know more about your strategy in volatile times like this, what's the best way to get a hold of you? You can give us a call at our office at 308-234-6805, or you can go online to mysmartyield.com. There we go. Eric Kruger, Smart Yield, Kearney, Nebraska, talking the trade today. Highly volatile, the positive coming back for wheat, livestock, the negative on corn and soybeans. We'll see what another trading day brings. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.